All right. Welcome to Blackhawk Church. My name is uh, Chris. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team here at Blackhawk Church. Can we just do a shout out for big kids at all sites and venues right now? Let's just do that. Yeah. Okay. So great. It's awesome. So good. So good to be with you uh, in the room with me here at our Braider Way site. And for those of you who are joining across uh, the hallway and the atrium, the gospel venue, those who are watching at Blackhawk downtown, those of you watching at Blackhawk uh, Fitchburg, and uh, m- many of you who are watching uh, at home. So it's good to be with all of you. A special shout out to uh, Blackhawk Chinese Ministry, Dijong Zimei uh, Ping An. Hey, you know, you know let's do, since we're doing shout outs, shout out to all the high school graduates who sat through a hot commencement yesterday. Let's hear it for those people right now. Awesome. Yeah. That was... Those are some hot, hot moments on some hot fields in Madison, so uh, everything is good. All right. Well, I am really excited uh, about uh, today's uh, message for all kinds of different uh, reasons, and you'll find that out as the message uh, goes on. We are uh, continuing in this series, and the series is called Because of His Grace, and we are naming it that because it's true. Uh, so the teaching team decided to give me uh, four uh, Sundays to kind of uh, talk uh, to all of you, so that's fantastic. So today's message is uh, kind of a message of my prayer uh, for Blackhawk uh, Church. It's kind of I wrap up my time here as uh, the senior pastor. What's happening here at uh, Brader Way uh, every week is that there is kind of a, a gathering, uh, a little reception, my wife and I. Um, talk to people out in the atrium, and you guys have just been loving on us so much, and I really appreciate that. Next week, we'll do a Q&A, and uh, something unusual is going to happen next week, and that uh, Pastor uh, Matt, my future boss, uh, is going to be on the platform with me, uh, and then my, my current boss, my wife, uh, she... <laughs> She's going to be on the platform also. So my wife and I don't get on the platform very often together, so I'm a little nervous about what's going to happen uh, next week, but Matt's going to ask us uh, some questions. So, hey, honey, I'm sorry if I called you my boss. I hope I don't get in trouble for that too much. (laughs) And then the following week on the 27th, I don't know what's going to happen, so I've totally lost control here, so you can come on the 27th and be surprised uh, with me. So, uh, like I said... uh, in the atrium here at Brader Way, uh, we've been greeting people, and last Sunday, you guys just loved on us so much, and people said the nicest uh, things, and this one guy uh, came up, a brother in Christ, and he came up, and he self-identified as somebody who's 85 years old, and he said, hey, I'm 85, you're 65, I hope you don't start, quit preaching, you know, you're too young to quit preaching, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to quit preaching, so don't worry about that. So uh, let's just make everything clear. So uh, I'm going to take a six-month break, and then I'll be back in January, and I'll start my January talk off the same way I ta- started this talk off. Welcome to Blackhawk Church. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team. So um, Matt and Charles are bringing me back, so I'll be back, and I'll be preaching uh, like I'm preaching now, a little less than I'm preaching now. But what's, what is changing is that I'm not going to be the senior pastor anymore. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) That's a great thing, you guys. That means no more more meetings. There's a lot more to being a senior pastor than preaching messages. Trust me. 
there's not a little bit of power either with the job. So the key thing here is that I'm relinquishing that power and that authority, and that goes to Matt Metzger, and he has no idea what he's getting into. <laughs> so my job will be to uh, preach and to prepare to preach and to prepare other people uh, to learn how to preach and to work with pastors both locally and nationally around the country and the globe, actually, uh, to try to help the pastors if they have questions about pastoral ministry. So like that is like perfect. Looking forward to that. So as I said, this message is a little different because uh, it's like my prayer for Blackhawk Church. As we were thinking about as a teaching team, what would I say today? My prayer. So I don't know. This is like, this is like a no-brainer. So if you know me and like what my prayer is for Blackhawk Church, it's like, you know, I've been praying this prayer for like forever. And so it's not a, it's not really, I'm not digging deep here to try to come up with a, like a new idea because my prayer for Blackhawk has been the same for a long time. Now, if you think, well, he's the pastor of Blackhawk, he's probably praying that the church grows, becomes more influential. <laughs> If you think that, you don't know me very well. So I don't pray those things at all. In fact, I kind of get nauseous thinking about those things, to tell you the truth. Um, that's not my prayer. My prayer for Blackhawk has always been that we would just be filled with the love of Christ. That we would build a loving community that follows Christ. So have you ever heard me say that? So that love would just, why do we do what we do the way we do it around here? Because we love Jesus, that's why, that's why. So why are you doing that, Blackhawk Church? Because we love Jesus, that's why. Why are you doing that? Because we love Jesus. And the love of Jesus uh, compels us to be a loving community and to love others. The prayer uh, that um, you guys have heard me pray many, many times, in fact, I kind of forced you guys in 2018 to memorize uh, the prayer. I, I, I borrowed the prayer from the Apostle Paul that he writes to the people that are in Ephesus. And many times I use it as a benediction here at the Brader Way uh, site. Not too long ago, I was at the Fitchburg site, and I use it as a benediction. It's kind of a familiar benediction uh, to me, and I use it all the time. When I finished uh, the benediction, this prayer, uh, I walked uh, out of the atrium, and I was going to go into reception line, and this guy walk, runs up to me, and he's got a bag. And in, in the bag, he says, Pastor Chris, I just want to give this to you. This, this is so important. I just love you. And he gives me this bag, and then he, like, walks away. And I'm thinking, like, what, like what's in the bag? What's in the bag? It was kind of heavy. And so I opened the bag, and I pulled this out, this out. So this is a carving of this prayer that I pray. All the time. Now, I'd love to tell you what this guy's name is, but I asked permission, and he didn't give me his permission. He wants to be anonymous. So that's, like, typical. That's like, that's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? So this is his work. And he said, to Pastor Chris, this is the first long passage I ever memorized, and you made me memorize it three years ago. And this passage has changed my life. This prayer is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, and it's the prayer we're going to go through uh, today. So take your Bibles and turn there, and this is what I want to do. I want to, uh, I want to read through this prayer, and then uh, I want to go back and look at the phrases in the prayer, and I'm a little nervous about doing that because 
if you dissect a butterfly, you kill the butterfly. <laughs> so I don't want to dissect this thing so much that it loses its power because this is mind-blowing theology 101. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't understand this prayer. I'm just like, that's a given. <laughs> but it's just mind-blowing. And it forces us to think about what's really important, and that is the love of Jesus. So let's pray this prayer together. So it'll be on the screen right here. And let's all, let's read it together out loud. Is that okay? That's a little different. So it's not like my prayer. It's like our prayer for for what we want to be at this church. So let's pray together. Reading together, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Woo! <laughs> is that cool? This is like, whoa, mind-blowing theology. I do not understand this prayer. This prayer is bigger than we can possibly grasp. It's just like, what, 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 what? But I tell you what, if, if God fulfills this prayer in our lives, it just transforms our lives individually and it transforms us, like, corporately. So let's dissect the butterfly without killing it. So when I uh, pray this prayer uh, in benedictions, I'm actually just ripping this prayer out of context, which is, is awful. I hate to do that. Uh, I'm just kind of ripping it out of context because Paul, there's an approach that Paul has when he prays this prayer I usually start in verse 16, but the approach is in verse uh, 14. We see that here. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its names. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you. And then the verse starts. So the approach is for this reason. So the question is, like, well, what, what for this reason? So do you see why I rip it out of the context? Because if I started with for this reason, everybody would think, well, well what, what, what reason? What reason? But that's what's going on here. This is in the middle of a letter. Well, what reason? Well, you go back to previous verses. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. So the people he's writing to are discouraged did you notice how the prayer is a prayer of encouragement? Like you pray that prayer, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's that way because the people he's writing to are discouraged. They're discouraged. They're down. They're out. Why? Because Christianity has gone off the tracks here. Oh, my gosh. It's like failing. Our leader is in jail. That's what they're feeling. He's suffering. 
And they know he's suffering because he's in a Roman jail. <laughs> he's not like sitting someplace like with a laptop, a little iced tea, a little latte, you know, something. And, you know, I'm just going to think about a cool thing I could write down here. He's in a Roman jail, okay? It smells of feces and urine. He tells the people in Philippi that he's going he's gonna to die. They know what a Roman jail is like. Who's they? He wrote this to the people who live in? That wasn't very good. The people live in? Ephesus. Where's Ephesus? Here's Ephesus. So you got Rome, Athens, Ephesus, and Jerusalem's down here. So together with Athens and Jerusalem, Ephesus was this major, major city, like unbelievable uh, place. Paul spent more time in Ephesus probably than any other uh, city. Here's some artist renderings of what the city uh, may have looked like. It was a city of about 300,000, about the size of Madison. All these various temples, the Temple of Artemis or Diana is in Ephesus, and it's, all these things are going on. And these people knew Paul. He led them to Christ. He led their church. And now he's in jail. It would have helped future scholars if Paul would have actually told us what's a jail he's in. Some people think it's Rome. Some people think it's Caesarea, Ephesus, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's suffering for them. And they're discouraged. So he goes, I got to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ. I got to encourage these people. How am I going to encourage them? I'm going to write them a letter. Write them a letter. So what's in the letter? So this is what's in the letter. You have every spiritual blessing you can imagine. Boom. That's encouraging. I thank God whenever I think of you. Boom. That's encouraging. You were saved by God's grace through faith. Boom. Oh, that's encouraging. You are part of an amazing new project. Gentiles and Jews who believe are now in one and the same family. God's like a new project that God is doing. He writes about that. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Jesus Christ. Like, you guys, God is up to something really, really cool, and you are a part of it. Because it doesn't matter if you're Jewish, it doesn't matter if you're Gentile, it doesn't matter if you're a man, or if you're a woman, or if you're rich or poor or slave or free. You are now, if you place your faith in Christ, you are now a part of one brand new collection of siblings. It's never happened before, and now you're a part of that. That's awesome. Somebody say, somebody say amen. <laughs> so it's a brand new collection of siblings. Now, what happens when you get siblings together? They fight, <laughs> right? You can't get four siblings together to agree about what kind of pizza you're going to have, <laughs> let alone talk about something that's substantive. So Paul knows this. So he doesn't want them to fight. So he's saying God's up to something. And it's beautiful. And I pray this prayer for you. Now we don't live 2,000 years ago. We live today. And you know what? A collection of siblings in the name of Jesus are fighting still. Over all kinds of things. Timothy uh, Dalrymple, the CEO and president of Christianity Today, writes this. New fractures are forming within the American evangelical movement. 
fractures who do not run along the usual regional, denominational, ethnic, or political lines, couples, families, friends, and congregations, once united in their commitment to Christ, are now dividing over seemingly irreconcilable views of the world. In fact, they are not merely dividing, but becoming incomprehensible to one another. I was talking to a pastor uh, in L.A. the other day, and uh, he, he was going to get back with me in about three weeks. He didn't get back with me, and I just called him up. I said, hey, is everything okay? He said, oh, man, I forgot to get back with you. I'm so sorry. Is everything okay? My gosh, things are... <laughs> he says, like pastoring a mob. People who have known each other and grown up with each other for years and years and years are firing off emails to each other. They can't stand each other. It's like awful. This is, this is, this is happening in churches all over the country, guys, all over the country. It's very discouraging. Very, very discouraging. Wow, what should, should we do if we're so down and discouraged? I wish we had some prayer that would help us when we're so discouraged. Oh, we got this prayer. This prayer. It helped one group of people when they were discouraged, and maybe it'll help us today. Let's look at it. Here we go. For this reason I kneel... Before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. When he, I highlight the word, uh, I kneel, because in the original language, he doesn't really use the word, I pray. It never occurs, but I kneel is like a metaphor for I'm praying. The interesting thing about this phrase is not that one, but he says, From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. What's he talking about here? Just, oh, maybe, you know, when you die, you go to heaven and you get your family. No, 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 that's probably not it. Because the rabbis uh, had uh, a view of the world that the, uh, the family above and the family below. The family above was the invisible creatures and the family below us human beings. In fact, he's just been talking about the fact that God created everything and there's a family above. Look before that. Next slide who kept hidden, who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Paul's thinking about the heavenly realms right here. He's thinking about that. And Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he talks about the invisible realm like a lot. We see this. The unseen realm in Paul's letter, God is going to unite these two realms under Christ. Christ is now positioned far above every being in the heavenly realms, God has already seated us in the heavenly realms. God is showing his wisdom to the heavenly realms through the church. Our battle is not against the earthly realm, but against the beings in the heavenly realm. He says that in Ephesians chapter 6. He writes this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Who do you think would love Christians to hate each other because of mask wearing? or vaccines, or politics. Who do you think wants the church to be divided? Bam. <laughs> Bam. He's, he's, he's praying that God is sovereign over all these beings. Praying to that God. Let's go back to the prayer. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he, who, who's he? Now, when I ask a question, you can actually participate in the message. So, 
is he God? Yeah. yeah. Is there a thing called the Trinity? Who would it be in the Trinity? Yeah, he may strike you with power through his spirit so that Christ may dwell. Look at the next slide. Father, Spirit, Christ. That's the first thing you notice about this prayer. Trinitarian prayer. The Trinity is involved here in making this prayer take place. What do we see? What is he, what's he praying for? I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with God's glorious riches. Did, has he invested well in the stock market? Is he doing well? Maybe he's got property he's trying to sell in Madison. He's trying to sell a house, man. He's a seller's market. I mean, oh my gosh. Maybe, maybe he's got some houses in Madison. He's selling them. He's got glorious riches. No, 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 no. In the ancient world, when you talked about someone's wealth, you were usually talking about someone who had wealth and what go together? Wealth and power. You have wealth, you have power. That's what he's talking about. Prayed out of his glory with power through his spirit. Power through his spirit. Because God's spirit is the one who is going to actuate everything in this prayer and help us to experience the reality of this prayer. His spirit. Without his spirit, there's like no hope here. I love what uh, New Testament scholar James Dunn writes. The Holy Spirit transcends human ability and transforms human inability. And it is because of the power of the Spirit <laughs> that this thing is going to happen. Well, what's going to happen? Let's go back to the prayer. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that who? Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that, so that Christ may dwell. So when we think of this, we go, oh my gosh, that Christ can dwell in me. Man, if Christ can dwell in me, then that should enable me to see people with the, the love of Christ, that I can see you, not as someone that doesn't vote like me, but you, the Christ is, Christ is dwelling in you. 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 There is a corporate aspect of this prayer. It's not just about individuals. It's a corporate prayer. Go back. May have power together with all the Lord's holy people. That's what he's doing in the, in the book of Ephesians. He's saying to them, you're, you're, you're part of a, of a new project. Oh my gosh, God is taking different kinds of people together who are not like each other at all. And he's making one new body. And I want, I want the spirit to work in your hearts so that you can understand. Christ is dwelling in you, in all of you, in the corporate body of uh, believers. Former professor of mine, Harold Honer, uh, writes this. True growth cannot occur by association with only certain believers, ones preferred because they are of the same socioeconomic, intellectual, or professional status. Paul prays that it might be accomplished in association with, what's that word? All the saints. This is Harold Honer. He's, I wouldn't be up there on this platform right now if it hadn't been for this guy. 
What he's saying is this. You want to grow in Christ. You got to be with different kinds of people. All of the believers. Because as we're together with all of the believers, different kinds of people, that's how, that's how we grow. That's how we grow. That's why many of us in the majority culture are going to go to Juneteenth to be around with a bunch of believers that have different backgrounds than we do. So you, you do that because you want to grow. You want to grow. You want to grow in Christ. Let's keep going with the prayer. May have power together with all the Lord's holy people to do what? To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is what? What's he? The love of Christ. He's talking about the love of Christ. Next slide. The love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be, to surpasses knowledge, it's like, you're like, boom. Like, what? You know? Second person of the Trinity. Leaves the heavenly abode. Becomes an embryo in a Hebrew virgin. Boom. And is born to live a life that none of us could live and dies a death that all of us deserve to die so that we might have eternal life and get a whole bunch of new siblings that don't look and act like us at all because God is up to a brand new thing. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. It's the love of Christ. It's not, it's not something you'd plan. It's like the love of Christ. To grasp the love of Christ. <laughs> you know, when you talk about love, it's a difficult subject to talk about because it's like an abstract term. You talk about the love of Christ, it's like, well, well, well. <laughs> so I think one of the best ways to talk about the love of Christ is maybe to talk about some kind of human love that you can actually, like, picture. So I thought about this, and I thought, well, okay. Let me show you, let me show you a picture of two people who really, really love each other. Watch this. That, that. We'll do it again? All right, that's my uh, grandson, Silas. He's uh, four and a half, and that's a little game that we play called Can I Knock You Down? And uh, we can play that game for like a long time, you know, like for an hour we play uh, that game. And I can't wait to play that game with Silas's new baby sister who was born yesterday. Her name is Sienna Jane. Sienna Jane Lazar, yeah. Awesome, can't wait to do that, man. Oh my gosh, I got a little girl. That's love between human beings. And I want you to try to grasp this right now. Jesus loves you more than I love Silas. He loves you more than that. He would love to just, he would love to tickle you. He would love to hold you in his hand, squeeze you. Oh, he couldn't love me because I'm such a sinful person. Well, he died for those sins. Okay, he died for those He's just like, they don't exist as far as he's concerned. He's like, wipe them out. His blood's so powerful. 
He loves you so much. Even though you don't love yourself. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And when you, if you could get your mind around that love, then, then, then you wouldn't be all about yourself anymore. You would be about touching other people with love. Because you're loved. That's the love of Christ. His love for you is so powerful. That's what Paul is praying for. That we might be able to somehow grasp that. And when we grasp that, We're like, we have like the fullness of God. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Like, what? And then he has this doxology at the end. Doxology goes, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, duh, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Notice the corporate aspect of this prayer. It's not for individuals. It's a corporate aspect. Notice that. In the church and in Christ Jesus, if you read the book of Ephesians, you'd see they're the same thing to him. The church is the body of Christ. The church. Look around. The other believers. It's the body. What's Jesus look, what does Jesus look like? Turn to your left. Turn to your right. Look around. That's what Jesus looks like. The church is, is the body of Christ. There's this corporate. And his prayer is not that we would be able to somehow fathom the power of God. That's not his prayer. Next slide. It's that would be according to his power that is at work within us. <laughs> See, not that we would somehow grasp the power, the awesome power of God. No, the awesome power of God within us. It's immeasurable what God can do when God is working in a collection of siblings who are empowered by the love of Christ. It's incredible. And we just, it's mind-blowing. We can't imagine what he could possibly do with that kind of thing. That has been my experience at Black Rock Church where I have seen God do things that's like, like, like I've never, what, 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 what's happening now? It's like, what's happening now? I have no idea what's happening now. Because it's, it's not something that's planned. It's like, it's unbelievable. And it's been going on here for so many years. And it's just like, I got story after story after story. Just, let me just tell you a recent story. Not too long ago, I was in my office, and my assistant, Ashley, uh, she says to me, there's a guy in the Netherlands that's trying to talk to you. Like, what? what? Is it like a pastor? No, it's not a pastor. It's like a guy in a church. I said, like, I don't, what, what, what's his name? What? His name's Dwight. I don't know a Dwight in the Netherlands. I don't know anybody in the Netherlands. What, what do you want to do? I said, well, I don't want to talk to a guy in a church in the Netherlands. So that's it. Then a couple of days later, she goes, he's got back with me again. I think you should talk to this guy. He really wants to talk to you. I said, whatever. Okay, all right, all right. Set up a Zoom call. You know, someday I'm like, not busy. Set up a Zoom call. So she sets up a Zoom call with this guy in the Netherlands. So uh, we did a screenshot of this guy. This is me and this guy. This is Dwight Kelly. And so I, I'm, I'm just talking to this guy. Hey, thing, how, how'd you hear about Black Oak Church? He says, well, I, I watch the Bible Project all the time. 
And, uh, you know, the Bible Project is, like, led by Tim Mackey, has over 2 million subscribers around the world. <laughs> so uh, he says, oh, what's the Bible? So I, so, I, so I Googled Tim Mackey's bio, and it says that he lived in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. He says, oh, uh, you know what? I have a co-worker. He works for, he's an accountant, works for Deloitte Audit Services, and they have a branch on East Washington Street here in Madison, and he says, you know, I, I have a coworker who lives in Madison. I'll call her up to see if she's ever heard of Blackhawk Church. He talks to this woman who uh, is not a person of faith and who, who works for Deloitte on East Washington Street. And he says to her, not a person of faith, have you ever heard of Blackhawk Church in Madison? Her first words were, study day. <laughs> study day. Yeah, <laughs> while I was a student at UW, this crazy church would like have 1,500 college students out all the time for study day. Here's a picture of the atrium uh, during uh, st study day. So like, oh my gosh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be, you, you're connected to, how did you, what? And I asked her, you know, is, does Blackhawk have a good reputation? Oh my gosh, Blackhawk has a fantastic reputation in the city. They're doing things for people, all kinds of people in different kinds of places. Good works leads to goodwill, and it gives an opportunity to talk about the good news. Have you ever said, heard me say that before? This is beyond my ability to comprehend. I would have never... Been, can you imagine talking to me in 1994 and say, oh, uh, someday uh, you're going to be in a Zoom call <laughs> because someone has Googled uh, something... And your church has a reputation because of this thing called study day. I, like have, I would have no idea. It's beyond my ability to comprehend. I wouldn't even know what you're talking about. Let me ask you a question. Whose idea was study day? That's Matt Metzger's idea. He came to me in like 2000, 2001, says, hey, I think we should have like uh, students from UW over, you know, and I thought, you know, you the busiest week of the year, and they're going to come over here, and they're pressure, and they're going to come to a church? They're going to come to a church. Yeah, we like feed them brownies and stuff like that. I, th I looked at Matt and I said, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> like, that's, that's a stupid idea. And now like pre-COVID, study day attracts all these people. I'm telling you guys, I'm super excited about the future of Blackhawk Church. Because Blackhawk Church is going to get one heck of a great senior pastor in Matt Metzger. He has got incredible ideas. He's an incredible leader with a love for Jesus and a love for this city. Like, you know, unbelievable. And he's accompanied by Charles Yu, who is a brilliant scholar, you guys, who's going to lead the teaching team. Like, what? What? It's like beyond our ability to comprehend what's taking place. And does... Does this church, does this church, is it going to thrive in the future? The answer is yes. 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 As long as this church has the love of Jesus in the center, what God can accomplish with a group of, a collection of different kinds of siblings who are centered on the love of Christ is beyond our ability to comprehend. Now let's put the butterfly back together.
Let me pray this prayer. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he would strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that works within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. All God's people said, amen. Amen.